Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to Redemption Press author, Nanette Larson, and her new Bible study, From Shattered to Restored. But before I do that, let me go ahead and give her a proper introduction. Nanette Larson is a nationally recognized leader in mental health recovery. She has spent over 20 years providing leadership in the Illinois public mental health system through the development of recovery-oriented, trauma-informed systems of care. She is an emotional CPR practitioner, an advanced level facilitator for wellness recovery action planning, and a certified recovery support specialist. She lives in central Illinois and enjoys learning, hiking, swimming, and growing alongside her many talented nieces and nephews and one precocious godson. So let's go ahead and roll that conversation. Well, Nanette Larson, it is so good to finally have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today and welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be with you, Athena. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, we are going to jump into your new book that is connected to your original book. Um, but before we go there, I would just love to have our listeners hear a little bit about your favorite Romans 828 story, how he has brought good out of a real struggle in your life that you didn't really imagine how he could possibly redeem. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, my book, um, the original memoir from Shattered to Restored, and the restoration guide from Shattered to Restored uh, workbook are built from that story. Mm. Um, I uh, <clears throat> spent uh, years uh, struggling with mental health challenges and um, those being um, very serious for me at the time. I was in my early 20s, actually my college years originally and um I was I was actually reflecting on this right before jumping onto this conversation with you this afternoon because um, there was a, a moment in time that I I don't think I'll ever forget when uh, one of my dear friends was escorting me back to the hospital where I was inpatient on the psychiatric ward. And she was encouraging me with words from Romans 8.28. And she was saying, Annette, and we were both in college. And she was saying, Annette, you know, God works all things together for good. And he's going to use this. He's going to use this. He's going to use you to help people someday. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> I, it's so it's so telling to me now yeah you know, like, I don't want that I, I don't want that I just want to be well 
Yeah. You know, and, uh, and it, it's so interesting how when you're in a situation, it's very hard to see past the situation. Absolutely. And that's where I was. And part of it was youth, you know, young people, it's harder when you're young to see long distance, mm -hmm. but a lot of it is the suffering of the moment and not being able to see long distance. And yet <laughs> this is my life. I work in the mental health system. I have been working in the mental health system for 23 years. I, I don't just work in the mental health system. I'm a deputy director for the division of mental health for the state of Illinois. This is what I do. I help people. And wow. it's what I have been doing for, you know, so long. Uh, you know, retrospectively, I can look back to that moment when she was escorting me back to the hospital and think, God knew exactly what he was saying. Even when I said, I don't want that. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. Wow. And and to be able to look at that and go, I wouldn't be I wouldn't have any credibility with the right. people that I'm pouring into if I hadn't gone through that. Right. Yeah. Wow. I remember the first job I had working in a psychiatric hospital and I was just astounded by how God had taken every single situation I had been through and paired it up with a person who was in that hospital. Wow. It, it was just mind boggling to me. And, and I was able to say, I get it now. I get it now. I had just felt like at the time I was going through it, like, why am I going through every single kind of illness, every single kind of medication, you name a, an illness and it seemed like I was being labeled with it. You name a medication that was being thrown into my system. You know, all this kind of thing that was happening to me and it was just so intense. And then when I walked into that hospital when I was well and I started talking with patients and it was like, I could relate to this one. I could relate to this one. I could relate to this one. And it was, it was just clear as anything to me how God had used all that I had been through mm. to shape me and mold me in a way that I could be sensitive to people and their pain and experience made sense to me. Right, right. Absolutely. So they feel then when they meet you and they feel heard, they feel seen that because they know you've been there. Right. I love that. Wow. Now that is a Romans 8:28 story if I have ever heard one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we are going to jump into the um we're going to talk a little bit about both. So you wrote a powerful memoir about your descent into and journey out of mental illness and your credentials for helping others with mental illness uh, are impressive and what were the mental health challenges you dealt with specifically and how did they affect your daily life? Mm. Well, that's a very comprehensive question. So I will do my best uh, to, to kind of touch on some of the things that you're inquiring about. You know, mental health challenges, uh, it's so important for people to understand that uh, uh, they, they develop over time. 
you know, and oftentimes, um, I think in, in part because of how they're presented in the media and somewhat how they're talked about and, and sensationalized, it, it, uh, it's not always conveyed that way. But um, you can have a propensity for mental illness or mental health challenges. And, uh, and because of that propensity, it, the circumstances that you're faced with, that propensity can be unveiled, if you will. So, um, you know, I always think it's really important whenever I talk about uh, anything, when I'm asked a question such as descent into, right, that I'm clear about, you know, I was born into a family that was dysfunctional. Mm. So I, it wasn't a descent into, it was a birth into. <laughs> you know? Right. And it was a birth into a, somewhat of a genetic makeup that had a propensity for Right. Right. And so those factors, environmental factors, genetic factors, all of those things are part of this of the picture of mental health, mental illness, mental health challenges, the things that happen and stressors of life. And so what we now know is that uh, what they call ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, the more ACEs a person has, uh, growing up, the more likely they are to uh, have that outcome of mental illness, drug use, serious physical health challenges. They're all combined. These things mm-hmm. are intertwined life challenges that can be the outcome of adverse childhood experiences. Um, so, you know, I always tell people our family didn't have the corner market on child, on family dysfunction, but we would have gotten a prize, you know, like, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think for, for me, uh, I'm very aware that by high school I was uh, experiencing uh, depression, uh, but it was not uh, in any way attended to. You know, it wasn't like I was seeing a counselor or nor would I have been willing. Um, uh, I was thinking about suicide by high school, but I would not have been willing to talk to anyone about that. It was not safe in my home life to be thinking I could tell someone these things and that emotionally safe. I did not feel that I could do that. Right. And uh, so my chosen response, my chosen response was self-harm. And um, that's how I coped. I used various self-harming mechanisms to deal with stress and anxiety and inner pain. And it's a very confusing thing to do. It's a very complicated response to anxiety, depression, and psychological pain, because it, it feeds on itself. Um, just like any other kind of addiction feeds on itself. Once you start doing it, you need to do it more and more intensely to get the same quote unquote relief. And it's a very complex thing to, uh, to go through. And that's what I did go through, uh, through high school and, and heading into college. And, uh, and then when I got to college, uh, some of the things that I was experiencing became much more severe, um, uh, including what would be called uh, psych- psychosis or psych- psychotic-like symptoms, 
And that's when I was first hospitalized. Mm. And I was hospitalized five times in 18 months. Um, and, and honestly, Athena, these are not things that are easy to say. Right. But at the same time, they are such a profound testimony. Yeah. <laughs> like, for example, five times in 18 months is, a, is typically seen as a no turnaround scenario. Hopeless. I would think hopeless. It's yeah. It, it's it, it, by by usual mental health care standards. It's a no turnaround scenario. It's a person who is now mentally ill and going to be on that that pathway of destiny. And I was treated as such. I was treated as mentally ill and on that pathway of destiny. And I tell people that um, I feel retrospectively that I recovered as much from being treated as mentally ill as I recovered from mental health challenges. I'm still on a daily basis learning how to breathe through anxiety, mm. but I've recovered from this perception of being quote unquote mentally ill. That's something someone else put on me. And that is a lie. Right. And that that's a profound change of, uh, identity. And it was, and it was one, and that was the biggest recovery for me was recovering my true identity in Christ. Wow. So, okay. So I have a question for you on the self harm piece. Um, I've always wondered if that wasn't just a way to manage the inner, whatever the inner pain is, like to have something else that hurt maybe more or hurt in a way that almost kind of got your attention off the emotional pain. Is that like a right perspective or no? It, it, it is. It's it's on the list of right perspectives. <laughs> right. So that's the thing that's so complicated about self-harm is that it it is it is used in so many ways. And so so just speaking personally, um, I would use self-harm to um, to feel natural pain instead of feeling emotional pain. Okay. Exactly what you just said, right? I would also use self-harm to come out of uh, a, a numb state. I can't mm. feel anything. Right. So harm self, you're feeling something, right? <laughs> right? right. Wow. So there's another, right? I would use self-harm to release stress. Because when you're very stressed and you use that action, it it's it's an oxymoron kind of a response, but it calms you. Hmm. So why does that happen? It's a biological thing. God made us very, very beautifully. And he made us such that when we are injured, our brain releases basically natural opiates. Right, right. We were never designed to harm ourselves. 
to make that happen, right? Right. right. So this is a, a fearfully and wonderfully made system, properly made. And what's improper is the perversion of the enemy to cause one to harm oneself. But right. what, what's working properly is the release of natural opiates in the body. And you feel that calming that comes from that. And that's why it's such a confusing thing to do and to use because it becomes self-reinforcing in so many ways. You, 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 and at least for me, it was very, very, very confusing because of course I did not have all this knowledge. So what I had was a self-perception that I was bad, that I was evil, that I was you know, that I didn't belong in the universe, that, uh, you know, that, that I was unloved. And then when I harmed myself, I felt better. And so somehow my twisted thinking, i.e. the devil said, see, you must be right because it feels good. Right. Wow. So, so it was that just... very, just a messed up, path of thought and everything that just you know and when i started to learn and i've i've studied extensively i have a whole training on this because i train mental health professionals about what the brain is doing and about the psychological stuff behind it because i say the patients who are using this you need to help them understand what's happening and why they're experiencing what they're experiencing because the, it, without that knowledge, they're just in a cycle that's almost, un, you can't get out of it. Right, right. Wow. That's profound. Just saying. And I, you know, I've just have a limited understanding of this, the self-harm cutting, things like that, and have just kind of thought, okay, this must be what's going on. But to hear that part about the brain, um, secreting the, um, those hormones, I guess they are that make you feel better. Right. Wow. What, how the enemy perverts that. Yes. Oh. Okay. Okay. We could talk for another hour on that. So I want to, I want to ask you another question. All the, rest, the restoration guide that you've created is so thorough. Um, tell our listeners about the four principles because they're all related to faith, which is surprising, but how also tell us what the four are and how you landed on those principles. Okay. Fabulous. Yes. So the restoration guide has four principles woven throughout the entire guide. They are abide in Christ, cast down every high thing that exalts mm -hmm. itself above the knowledge of God renew your mind with the word of God and yield to the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to use just the first words on those for rehearsal, abide, cast down, renew and yield. So how beautifully convenient. There's a nice acrostic that comes from this, right? Abide, cast down, renew and yield is a cry, a cry, mm. send a cry to the Lord. So in times of distress, and quite honestly, you don't have to be in distress to use these principles. You could just be in life, in times of life. 
yeah. times of breathing, in times of being awake, right? Send a cry to the Lord that that this is, you know, the whole restoration guide is about recovering and discovering, recovering and discovering. And we are, I believe, honestly, that we are all constantly in a process of recovery and discovery, that it is a continual thing throughout our lives until we go home to Jesus. And that these four things are the keys to that continual restoration, renewal, recovery, discovery process. That as I abide in Christ, I, I, <laughs> I discover, right, that, ooh, there seems that there's something popping up in my brain that's not of Christ. I've, it's my responsibility to cast that thing down. And right. as I do, right, I must renew. I must right. renew my mind, renew my mind based on the truth and the word of God. And it, as I abide, and abiding is the whole continual, continual, continual. But as I abide, he's going to give me direction and instruction. And I may not want it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I may not like it. I may not be, it may not be clapping my hands and raising, you know, raising my arms and celebrating hallelujah. He may be giving me instruction like that day we were walking to the hospital. Someday he's going to use this, Nana. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But guess what? It it was my life assignment and mm. I'm thrilled with it now. I wouldn't change it for anything. I mm. wouldn't change it for anything. You know, mm. I know it's my life assignment. So yielding to the Holy Spirit and saying, even in those moments, you know, th these days, now, when I go through hard times and I won't say if I just, it, we do, we if you're, you're, if you're saying you don't go through hard times, you are living in a little bit of a fantasy land, right? Because right, right. we go through hard times. But when I go through them now, I always put them under the category of empathy building opportunity. Oh, that's good. God has given me a new empathy building opportunity. And that's, you know, I will be able to have empathy for someone who's going through something like this. You know? Wow. I, I'm telling you, I wish I had a whole hour to keep going because this is fascinating and it's just so refreshing to hear how God took those mental health struggles in your life and helped you and gave you those principles to apply to really actually have the Holy Spirit go to work and, and show us, you know, we have our part and then he has his part. Right. And I love that. So from shattered to restored, recover, hope, discover purpose, an individual and group restoration guide. Um, if, if there was someone out there that was just saying, I want to get that going at my start a small group at my church or whatever, if they want to reach out to you and maybe even have you come on video for um, just to meet their group, what's the best way for them to find you, connect with you? What, what would that look like? Yeah. Oh, I would, I would welcome the opportunity. Number one, number two, my heartbeat is churches um, and helping churches figure out how to support people who are living with challenges, which is all of us. Right. <laughs> so live, live, just support people, right? 
Um, so uh, my website is whole health tech, W H O L E H E A L T H T E C. So probably didn't think through how challenging it was going to be to spell all that out. Uh, so wholehealthtech.com, that's the website. Um, I do have a, uh, open Facebook page, uh, that is from shattered to restored the title of the book books, both books are from shattered to restored. So from shattered to restored, we have an open Facebook page that links to the website. And so that might be a little bit easier, uh, to remember and to get to, if you do use Facebook. So from shattered to restored, we'll get you, uh, to me very easily as well. And again, it's wholehealthtech.com uh, is the website. Awesome. Well, this has just been delightful and I just love your story and I love the kinds of things God allowed you to experience, the kind of suffering he allowed you to experience to be able to turn around and help other people um, come out of that and trust him. And wow. I am super encouraged by this. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. And God bless your ministry. Oh, thank you so much, Athena. It's my pleasure. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.